NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I am recording this show as promised. It is Thursday, May 27th, and um, as I had promised in my show that's currently running or was running before this one, um, I said I would get back to you and I would come up with a, a show regarding um, OTA coverage, you know, what we learned, um, you know, just stories from the OTA, which was open to the Giants media. So that's what we're going to talk about on this particular program. So happy to have you with us. And um, also just want to give you a heads up on some upcoming programming that I'm going to have. Uh, Tony Rassiopi is going to be joining me next week, and we're going to be talking Daniel Jones and uh, the progress that he's made. For those who don't know, Tony Rassiopi is a quarterback trainer. He hasn't worked with Daniel Jones per se, but he knows the position really well. Um, I used to have him on the show a few years ago when the Giants had Eli Manning, Davis Webb, and um, a few other different quarterbacks. So Tony's going to come on, and it'll be nice to catch up with him and get his two cents on Daniel Jones's development. So anyway, speaking of Daniel Jones, why don't we start there? Daniel Jones today, uh, May 27th is his birthday. He turns 24. So he was out there on the field. And, you know, interesting enough, I the question came up again from one of the writers, is Daniel Jones going to be the quarterback or have the Giants thought of maybe upgrading the quarterback position? And I really don't know how much more Joe Judge has to say to convince everybody that Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback. Enough with the questions. You know, until he shows that he can't do it, he is going to be the quarterback. So I want to play for you, actually, a clip that um, that came from Joe Judge's presser about Daniel Jones. And I thought this was important because... When we think about a quarterback, we think about, you know, obviously somebody who can take the bull by the horns, be a leader, win some games, connect, you know, do everything that, everything that he needs to do, you know, to make the team successful. And we still don't know what Daniel Jones is going to be on the field because judging off of today, he didn't have all of his receivers in camp. Kadarius Tony wasn't there. Um, there were a few other guys I think that were missing, um, which is not really important because it isn't a voluntary OTA. Really, let's see what happens when we get to the mandatory mini camp. But let me play this clip from Joe Judge regarding Daniel Jones and the type of leadership that he has uh, started to develop into. Well, first off, I'm proud in the way he works every day. Okay, this guy comes to work every day in whatever phase of the season it is. If he's hitting the weight room, if he's in here getting treatment, if he's on the field throwing with his teammates, uh, if he's organizing things outside this building, this guy always has a plan and a mindset of how he's going to attack things. And, and I'm proud to you know really watch how he's worked. 
Uh, in terms of what I look for, Daniel, same as every player. I look for them to come in, all right, work their hardest, pay attention to details we're coaching, and put the team first. And that's really the biggest things we can ask them. And this guy does it every time we walk in the building. Um, very pleased with the way he's working. And I'm looking for a little bit of improvement from every one of our players on a daily basis and every, and every coach as well. Now, there's another clip I want to play for you real quick. And this is when Judge was asked about um, having to defend Daniel publicly, which, again, he had to do again uh, on Thursday when he was asked if Daniel was going to be the starter. Um, so Judge was asked how he's gone about challenging Daniel internally. And here's what he had to say on that. He just has to be the best he is every day. That's what we ask of all of our players. It's not going to be perfect all the time. But we need to be all right. the best version you can be of yourself. And as coaches, we have to put you in the best position to play to your strengths. That's what we ask of all of our players. And, you know, I'd say with Daniel, he never shies away from a challenge. He comes in every day ready to work. And I know he's very fueled. I'll keep in terms of the personal conversations that me and him have or some of the things that we challenge him internally, uh, whether it's Jason, Jerry, myself. But, you know, this guy steps up every day to the plate and he comes to work every day with a plan. Okay, so just one quick thought on Daniel Jones. And I know some people are going to get upset with me for saying this, but this is what it, it, he reminds me of. He reminds me of a lot of, of Phil Simms. Um, when Phil Simms was drafted by the Giants in 1979, um, a lot of people, you know, looked at the pick Phil Simms and out of Moorhead State, and they were like, what, are you kidding me? And I, I think the pick was even booed. Now, to be clear, folks, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is going to be the next Phil Sims. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be the next Eli Manning. I'm talking about in terms of where Daniel is in this point in his career. And what his his career has reminded me of so far is Phil Sims's early career, minus the injuries. You know, Phil Sims was a lot more injured than Daniel Jones, who I think has only missed four games in two seasons. But Daniel came in didn't really have a solid offensive line, didn't really have solid receivers. Um, he got a, he had a running game, that was about it, but Saquon's been injured. So really a lot of what Daniel has had to do on the field, he's had to work for. He's had to do it pretty much himself, and he's had to kind of pull up his bootstraps and just go out there. And he hasn't had the luxuries of that some quarterbacks, some young quarterbacks have where they step in and there's an offensive line in place. There's There are all-star receivers and tight ends in place and whatnot. And it's no wonder that the Giants finally woke up and it's about time they finally woke up and they said, okay, look, we've got to put a solid offensive line in front of this kid and we've got to get him receivers so that he can be the quarterback we believe he can be. Now, will he be Phil Sims? I don't know. I don't know if he'll be Eli Manning. I doubt it. I mean, there's only one Phil Sims. There's only one Eli Manning. And quite frankly, Daniel Jones needs to be Daniel Jones. That said, when you look at all that this kid has had to endure, his his mental toughness, you know, I, I don't think you could ask for a better leader for this team's offense. Now, obviously, he's got to win games. He's got to cut down on the stupid mistakes. I get that. But when you look at some of the, the quarterbacks who have come into this game and who have folded under the pressure, especially in the New York market, they've let the New York market eat them alive. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel reassured that at least Daniel Jones has the mental toughness, the mental makeup to to make a go of this. 
And, you know, fingers crossed, like I said, that he he's successful on the field, because look, at the end of the day, it does come down to wins and losses. And what what a guy does and Daniel hasn't yet shown that he can do that stuff just yet on a consistent basis. But all things considered, and I know you're probably sitting there and you're saying, well, what do you want Joe Judge to say? He's not going to say anything bad about the guy. Well, he could, you know, he there were other ways Joe Judge could have gotten around the question when it comes to Daniel Jones. And he's been consistent in his message about Daniel and the type of leader he's developing into. So how do you not root for this guy? You know, and, and uh, it's just funny. I see a lot of people, you know, sending me questions for the Giants country mailbag. What are the Giants do if Daniel Jones flops? How about we see if he's going to flop first and then we'll worry about, you know, what their options are um, once we get into the season. I think it's just too early right now to talk about what ifs if Daniel Jones doesn't make it or isn't what we thought he would be. So just my two cents on that. Glad to hear that uh, Daniel Jones is, is, doing all the little things behind the scenes, because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I had some doubts about certain things. There were little red flags that were popping up for me about Daniel Jones. And look, if it's good enough for Joe Judge, if he's satisfied with the direction this kid's he- headed in, that's good enough for me until I see and or hear otherwise. All right, quick note, Giant fans, on Giants Country, I'm going to have an article about some odds for Comeback Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, courtesy of Bet Online, and, a, and it uh, includes, these odds include a few Giant players, so I'm going to have that on Giants Country in the next day or so. Um, and speaking of Bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Use our special promo code Locked On to sign up for an account and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus for your depo- first deposit. It. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on at Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trina, host of the Locked On Giants podcast. And with the NFL about to go on hiatus until the start of training camp, you can fill the days of summer with memories from my new book, The Big 50 The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. Covering every era from the Giants franchise's startup right through the most recently completed decade. The Big 50 New York Giants will give you an inside look at the most memorable names and events that have shaped the Giants franchise, many of the stories as told by the subjects themselves. The Big 50 is available in both paperback and electronic formats and can be found on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else you find books for sale. Get your copy today, and thank you for your support. All right, Giant fans, continuing our discussion here on the OTAs and uh, specifically the takeaways from the OTA on Thursday that was open to the media. One of the things I talked about in my preview was the status of the injured players. And as I expected, most of the injured players weren't on the field. That doesn't mean they weren't in the building. We don't know if they were in the building rehabbing or if, you know, they were on the premises somewhere. But the one guy who was on the field, and this not only surprised me, but I was really happy to see this because I didn't think this guy was going to be on the field 
probably until the start of training camp. And that is outside linebacker Lorenzo Carter. He was out there um, doing some of the drill work. Now, just, you know, to back up a little bit, there was, th- this wasn't a fast tempo contact type of uh, practice. It was, um, it was non-contact. It was a little bit up tempo, but certainly not what you expect at a training camp practice or, or at game speed or anything like that. Just basically something for the players to kind of get acclimated to, you know, back to football since it's been a while since they played, uh, last played in the game. So it was great seeing Lorenzo Carter out there. Lorenzo Carter, of course, is rehabbing from a ruptured Achilles injury that he suffered. I believe it was in week five um, of the season last year against Dallas. And the reason why, you know, it, it was just surprising to see him out there because with an Achilles injury, that can take a guy or anybody, I shouldn't say just a guy, an athlete, that can take somebody, you know, quite a number of months to come back from before they're out there running around and doing all kinds of, you know, athletic movements and what and whatnot. So Lorenzo Carter was injured, what, in October? So he's about seven months removed now from that injury. And quite honestly, I didn't think they would let him out there. I, you know, with injured players, why put him out there before you have to? You know, you want to make sure that they don't have a setback. You want to make sure that they can, that they're, you know, as close as possible to 100%. And usually that means waiting until training camp or at least the first week, you know, once you're through the acclimation period of training camp. So to see Lorenzo Carter out there now for an OTA in which, you know, the whole team wasn't there. I think there were about maybe, I don't know, if I had to take a guess, about 65 players were in attendance. Um, you know, a lot of the DBs weren't there. So they couldn't really run true, you know, 11 on 11 stuff. But to see Lorenzo Carter out there and working, how encouraging is that, folks? That's, that's really speaks to, you know, the growth of Lorenzo Carter, who, you know, for two years, I always felt Lorenzo Carter kind of was out of place in the Giants defense. I thought former defensive coordinator James Betcher didn't really deploy Lorenzo Carter to his strengths. He had him more or less playing inside a lot where Lorenzo Carter would get washed out with, uh, you know, against bigger players. And then when uh, Patrick Graham came in, they they changed uh, Lorenzo Carter's role in the defense. And he just started to look like the pass rusher that they thought he could be. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, who's going to be the starting outside linebackers? There is no doubt in my mind, Lorenzo Carter is going to be one of those starters. He's going to start on the strong side if I had to take a guess. And why not? I mean, that was his role last year. So he'll start on the strong side. And I think on the weak side, potentially, I think we're going to see Aziz Ojulari who also played his college ball like Lorenzo Carter in uh in Georgia. So I could I think we could see a scenario where you see Ojo Larry eventually being the starter. Now I don't know if he'll be the starter right out of the gate, but um certainly he's somebody to keep an eye on. And how cool would that be to have a pair of Georgia Bulldogs as you're starting outside linebackers? It would just be really neat, I think. So really glad to see Lorenzo Carter out there. Now, let me uh, switch gears and talk about the offensive line, because I'm sure that's a question a lot of you are going to have, is how uh, the offensive line uh, lined up. And as expected, it's uh, from left to right, we have Andrew Thomas, 
You had Shay Lemieux, Nick Gates at center, Will Hernandez at right guard, and Matt Parrott at right tackle. And uh, Nate Solder in the, with the second team was was working um, with the, you know, he was working at both sides, both left tackle and right tackle. So he's going to be the swing tackle. Now, again, because this camp didn't have live contact, it's too soon to say that this offensive line is is better. It's too soon to say uh, that this line, you know, that the problems have been solved or, or the right side of the offensive line is going to be solid. But at least now we have a starting point, and it's kind of what we all expected. We we kind of expected that Shane Lemieux would stay at left guard, and Will Hernandez, who you know through social media we saw clips of him working both left and right side. So the offensive line still remains something that I'm looking forward to seeing that that group develop. And just as a side note, I mentioned also in my preview about the coaching dynamics. I just think that, you know, once we get to the mandatory mini camp and we're able to see, you know, a little longer practices, and again, those practices are going to probably be non-contact as well. So that's when we'll really see the coachings in action. And that's, that's going to be so important because, you know, is it just going to be Rob Sale and Ben Wilkerson working with that offensive line? Is Pat Flaherty going to be working with them? And, you know, you can you could take a look at stuff on the field, but uh, you know you don't know what's going on behind the scenes necessarily. But that is such an important unit. I feel pretty optimistic about the unit right now. I don't know why, but I just think that group's going to be better than it was last year. I don't know necessarily, you know, if they have the answers, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's the springtime and we're on the verge of summer starting and it's an it's a optimistic time and I'm just in a good mood. But I, I just feel good about the direction that offensive line is headed. I hope I'm right because, you know, if, if there's an injury or if something happens or if somebody can't anchor down a, a spot, good Lord, who wants to go through that again? Because that offensive line is is it's just a key to this team's success. So fingers crossed that that group pulls it together, that they stay healthy, and they can be what the Giants coaches and what Dave Gettleman believes that unit is capable of becoming. And Giant fans, I want to take a moment to uh, give a shout out to the folks over at Built Bar who have nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor available. Built Bars are really good, folks. I'm telling you, they're, they're just like eating a candy bar, except you don't have to worry about high calories, high sugar, you know, all the junk that, you know, candy bars can typically put into your, your system. Built Bars have about 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And again, it's like eating a candy bar. If you like sweet treats, you're, you're going to love Built Bars. I know I love my Built Bars. I've tried all kinds of different nut and nut-free varieties. Uh, my favorite one is currently out of stock, the coconut brownie. So I'm hoping that that comes back soon. But um, anyway, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can save 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, again, this is Patricia Trena, and I am talking about the OTA that was open to the media on Thursday, the 27th. Hope you are enjoying the show. And again, next week, 
Tony Rassiopi, who is a quarterback trainer. He's going to be on the program with me for one show. We're going to talk Daniel Jones. And with summer coming up, I believe after the mini camp around mid-June or so, we're going to go to a three-show-a-week format just until we get to training camp, and then we'll go back to five shows a week um, like we've been doing all along. So uh, plenty of content still to come up. I've got some things up my sleeve that will keep us uh, tied it over until we get to the to uh, training camp, which opens up on July 27th, by the way. So hope you will tune in and look, let's get a mailbag together. I keep saying this, let's do a mailbag. And, you know, I know some of you have been doing the mailbag with me over on Giants Country, but let's do one for this podcast only. And really the best way I think to separate the questions from Giants Country versus this podcast, just email me the questions, send them to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. This way I know that they are for the podcast. They've got zero chance of showing up in Giants Country and we'll get them on on here. And, you know, the other thing I want to do uh, while, while I'm on the topic of, of plans is uh, there were some listener appreciation apps that I didn't get to when I did listener appreciation Fridays. And, and I want to get back to that. I want to go back and see how many I have and see if I can't get a couple of you on the show coming up uh, just to talk about, you know, giant memories and whatnot. Those shows were fun for me and I hope you enjoyed them as well. So that's all coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Let's get back now to the discussion on OTAs. The last thing I really want to dive into is the attendance. Now I mentioned earlier that there were roughly about if I had to guess about 65 players in attendance and most of the players from the defensive backfield weren't there. And, you know, I said this before, I know some people made it made a big deal because Kadarius Tony wasn't there. Kenny Galladay wasn't there. First thing with, with Kadarius Tony, um, some people believe that it has to do with his contract that, you know, he, he is the only giant draft pick remaining that has not yet signed his rookie deal. That deal is almost done from what I understand. It's just, you know, a matter of wrapping up a few loose ends. And I think that deal will get done sooner than later. But, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it if, if Kadarius Tony's missing, you know, the first week of OTAs, mainly because of how head coach Joe Judge has structured the OTA program. And I'm going to play a clip from his presser that explains how he has it structured so you can better appreciate uh, what's going on here. The first priority I had was really to see where our players are at physically. Until I know these guys can go out there and operate at 100% and stay healthy and protect themselves on the field. And that's with soft tissues. And, you know, we want to avoid collisions at all point of this part of the camp. It's not a collision camp. All right. Um, until we know that, we're not going to really go ahead and just keep this as a competitive drill. Uh, you will see team on team, 11 on 11 activities out there. We'll control the tempo with the team in certain aspects of practice. And there's gonna be other times, especially in individual and group work, where we're gonna ramp that up and really make sure the guys work on their skill development, their conditioning, their timing as an offense or a defense. You know, we place a large emphasis on communication this time of year. You know, you've really gotta take mental steps forward in terms of your understanding of the schemes, which you gotta develop a little bit of chemistry with the with the communication on offense and defense. And this is a great time of year to have it. You know, you're not preparing for an opponent. You can take it day by day. You can slow it down a little for the players. You can challenge them in different ways. And you can really see the interaction grow with young and old guys within their roles. Now, if you're old school like I am, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is every little bit helps, whether you're a veteran, whether you're a rookie, every little bit, every opportunity that's afforded to you helps. And 
Why wouldn't you be out there if, you know, you're physically able to do so? Why wouldn't you be out there to receive instruction, to, to put it in the back of the coach's minds that, hey, you know, I was there when, you know, my teammate who's also competing for, for their job, the same job that I have my eye on, wasn't. So, you know, and there are guys that are in that boat for the Giants. But with that said, sometimes I think what the players do is, even though they don't come to the voluntary OTAs, and remember, that's the key word, voluntary, that doesn't mean that they're sitting at home on their couch or, you know, in a big rubber tube in the middle of a pool or the the ocean on the beach and just kicking back and relaxing. A lot of players, what they have started to do is they've started to, you know, communicate with the coaches and say, hey, look, you know, we're running a camp down in my hometown and I've got some teammates coming in and can you give us some guidelines or some specific things you want us to work on? Or maybe they take from, you know, their their classroom sessions and they they draw up a practice schedule for themselves. So, you know, there's there's any number of scenarios as to why guys aren't in OTAs. And, you know, the skeptic will say, well, the coach is going to remember who showed up and who didn't. And he might, he might. I mean, look, every coach I think would like to have 100% attendance at the OTAs. It just isn't realistic because of the voluntary nature. So with that said, what Judge has done and what I like about what he's done is he's not necessarily conducting competition for, for positions right now. I mean, to do so would just be foolish, I think, on his part, especially, you know, non-contact, you know, you don't have everybody in camp, so you can't really see, for example, you know, and I I go back to the defensive backfield, you know, most of those guys are out working down in Florida with Logan Ryan. So how can you put anything together when, you know, everything works together? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, how can you say, oh, you know, the linebackers, we're going to decide who's who's going to play outside linebacker, inside linebacker, strong, weak side, when you you don't know who the rest of your package is going to be in, in say, the nickel or the dime or, or, you know, the three safety set. You don't know that yet. You have an idea, but you need to see it. So... I like that the Giants are kind of ramping up a little bit here, you know, getting them out on the grass, not trying to necessarily answer competitions. I I can recall past years where we would go and we would watch the OTAs and you would come away kind of knowing that a competition that was supposed to unfold over training camp was was decided before they even got to training camp. You're not going to have that with this head coach. And I think it's a smart way for him to, to go about it. And, uh, look, training camp is going to, is going to be, I think, really interesting. There's a lot of competition that the team has brought in. Um, they're going to have some nice depth. They're going to have some difficult decisions to make. And I'm curious to see how it's all going to unfold, as I'm sure you are. And obviously here at the Locked on Giants podcast, we will have all that for you. We will keep bringing you training camp updates when we get there, interviews, all that good stuff. So uh hope you'll keep it here. And of course, hope you will check out the Locked on Today podcast, where you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with host Peter Bukowski. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Giants. And before I say goodbye, I just want to give you a big, big thanks to everybody. We had another amazing month here on the Locked on Giants podcast, over 100,000 downloads 
just, I, I can't thank you enough, guys. That really means a lot to me that you tune in and you listen and you take such an interest in the show. And it's my pleasure to just bring this to you. So on that note, folks, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week with all new shows here on the Locked on Giants podcast, your team every day.